and welcome to the Sleep Talking Moms podcast, where we talk through practical sleep advice for busy moms and their kids. I'm your host, Carrie Yenna, and I have Kayla with me here today, too. Hi, everyone. And today we are going to talk about sleep tips for moms, and we're actually going to go through 10 different tips that you can take and apply, um, whether you are expecting a child, have a newborn, have had children for a while, wherever you are falling on the spectrum, we've got tips for you. And I guess before we hop in, we should probably point out that this is our, this is our last episode for a while. We're taking a break for the summer. Yeah, we're sad, but also we hope everyone enjoys the summer and warm weather and gets to do all the fun things before some of your kids go back to school. Okay, so let's hop in to these 10 tips. I don't know how long this is going to take. We're usually pretty succinct, but um, the first one may take a little longer because this one is one that I feel pretty passionate about. The first tip, whether you have a child or you're expecting, you need to make a plan for night wakings. And so if you're single, that means having a plan within your own brain. If you have a partner, that means making a plan with them. Um, and how do I, how do I say this, Kayla? I, I guess make a plan with your partner that includes yes, your partner. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, a big pet peeve of mine is when I hear Usually it's moms, not always, but usually it's moms saying, oh, well, my partner works during the day outside of the home, so I'm in charge of the night wakings or so I don't have help. And me and Kayla think that that is baloney, baloney, (laughs) (laughs) right? Because even if you don't work outside the home, you are still working. You're keeping a tiny human being alive and um, that is work. In some cases, I would say that's a lot harder than some jobs. So your partner working outside the home is not an excuse for you to handle all the night wakings yourself. Also, if you're breastfeeding, that does also doesn't mean that you're on your own for every night waking. Okay. It maybe every time your child is waking, they do need a feed, but That also doesn't mean you're on your own. Your partner can help you um, either getting the baby up and diaper changed and bringing them to you in bed to nurse, or maybe you nurse and you have one of those babies that doesn't go right back down after feeding that then it takes some work to get them back to sleep, to transfer them to their crib or bassinet. After you do the feed, hand them off to your partner and let them get them back down and you start your next sleep. So Figure something out, talk about it, plan shifts. You know, if, if it's not your shift at night, if it's not your time to be on, maybe you have earplugs and you're sleeping in a different part of the house so that you can make the most of your sleep shift. Um, that may not be the right answer for every family, but that is a great option, especially if you tend to be a light sleeper and, you know, you're having trouble managing shifts because you're just disturbed so easily. Yeah. And I will second that I'm a very light sleeper. Um, and so when my husband and I were, I mean, for a while I was breastfeeding and so he would do like the, uh, the diaper change, bring the, the baby to me. And then he would check to see, cause I was starving and always thirsty mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if like he needed to refill my water. 
um, or I needed, you know, some ice or whatever. And then if I needed a snack while I was feeding the baby, all of that <laughs> stuff. So he was like taking care of both of us while I was feeding uh, the baby. But I will say that like even moving, if the baby is not in the room with you, or if you still use like some sort of, um, it's right here in front of me and I can't monitor. find the word. A monitor. A monitor. <laughs> <laughs> that happens all the time. Um I, I still say it's mom brain. I feel like after having yes. kids, you just like, it never goes lose away. Your ability. Yeah. You just lose your ability to find very simple words because you have <laughs> 8 million tabs open in your brain. Um, so if you want to move the monitor to your husband's side, if that's possible, that has helped me immensely because mm-hmm. I wake up at the sound of the bed moving at all, the crib moving at all. So mm-hmm. <laughs> do something like that if that helps you too. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll go one step further than Kayla and say, if your child is in a safe sleep space and, you know, the layout of your house means that if they wake up and something's wrong, you're going to hear them regardless, you can turn the volume monitor off too. You don't have to sleep with it on. I know sometimes just the sounds that come through the monitor are that much more jarring through the monitor than if your child was like, sleeping in your room in their crib. Um, so you also have permission to turn that volume off if, if you feel comfortable with that. Let's move on to the next thing. Some of these ones we're going to talk about next, this next kind of grouping. These are going to be like, oh, duh. These are things we do for our kids um, or that we would recommend for better children's sleep. And it applies to us too, because we're humans as well. And we function much in the same way. So having your own bedtime routine, if you don't have something that you consistently do every night, like clockwork before you fall asleep, make something, you know, and it doesn't have to be fancy and drawn out, but just have some steps that your body is used to going through before you get in bed to fall asleep. And then make sure that those are you know, healthy steps. Like we're not going to be eating a bowl of ice cream right before we go lay down. That probably, probably is not helpful or, you know, on our phone as we fall asleep. Also probably not going to help if we're struggling with sleep, but making sure that we have a consistent bedtime routine. Kayla, what's your routine? Can I ask you that? Yes, but it doesn't necessarily have (laughs) healthy things. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. I want to hear it. Um, and it's so lame guys too, because I will be the first to tell you that I am normally asleep by nine, um, every night. Um, (laughs) I just, it takes a lot of hours to make a Kayla. Um, so normally we put the beds, the, the beds, the kids to bed at, uh, seven 30 and then, um, I go out in the summer and I water my plants (laughs) And, um, come back and I'm normally already showered, but if not, I shower, um, I finish up any like hanging things. I don't like to have hanging things. Um, so at that point I'll either write a list of things that like, okay, I'm not doing this tonight, or I will finish the small things that I can do. Mm -hmm. Um, whether that's like a grocery list for tomorrow or whatever. Um, and then go upstairs and then I usually watch some TV (laughs) in bed, (laughs) um, which is not the healthiest sleep habit. And but then you know what? And this, this is what we say with kids too. If what you're doing is working and isn't a problem, 
then you don't Mm -hmm. need to feel bad about it, you know? So yeah, you watch TV, but you don't have issues falling asleep. You're, you're a good sleeper. No, I don't. Yeah. So (laughs) I don't think you need to worry about it in that case. Yeah. And so we watch, I usually like stay up for an episode of something if it's an hour or, you know, two episodes of something, um, if it's like a half hour and then I go to bed, sometimes my husband stays up and watches more TV and I put a sleep mask on. Uh, sometimes he goes downstairs, he goes to bed much later than me. Um, and that's totally fine with me. Um, he's more of a later to bed, later to rise and more early and early. So, and like we said, just like with kids, if it works great, if it doesn't, and you are struggling, that's when you want to look at each of those pieces individually and say, okay, yeah, the, the phone, the light on my phone is definitely not helping me. I think I need to move that. And yeah, that kind of, plays into the third one I had, which was, you know, ideally no screens before bed. Also, if you're up doing night wakings and night feedings, I know it's hard. Try not to have your phone right in front of your face during that time either, because that will make it harder to go back to sleep after that night waking is over. Um, some things you could do instead. I mean, you could have like an audiobook on your phone, you know, so you're not staring at the screen, but you're listening in headphones. Um, but yeah, trying not to have that screen right in front of your face in the middle of the night, because that, that light, what it does is it just sends signals to our brain that it's not, it's not, it's not dark. So it's not nighttime. It's not time to be asleep. And that can actually inhibit our melatonin production, which we don't want to do because our body needs that melatonin throughout the night, um, to get good sleep. And then you guys know the other basics, we'll go through them really quick, but having that dark room, if you can't have a dark room, having a sleep mask, um, like what Kayla uses really helpful to block out the light. Um, especially if you do have maybe a partner that wakes up at a different time than you or goes to bed at a different time than you, that can be really helpful. And then our favorite white noise playing in your room helping to block out those extra sounds that may jar you awake. White noise is going to help you fall asleep quicker. That's what studies show us. So have your dark room, have your white noise, get those basics squared away for yourself as well as your child. Okay. This next one, I cannot, uh, I can't relate to this personally because I'm not really a coffee drinker, but watching your caffeine intake after noon. So after 12 o'clock, Kayla, are you a coffee drinker in the afternoon ever? I know you drink coffee. Yeah, I drink all the caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I do try to stop it. Honestly, it's like before one, um, usually not Mm -hmm. noon. uh, But there are times where I'm just like, "Ah, I need an afternoon pick me up. It doesn't seem to mess with me too much. I've never Mm -hmm. been super affected by caffeine. Um, but I know that about myself. Mm-hmm. So like we yeah. said with everything else, if it's becoming a problem and you think that that may be it, then definitely try life without it. I know that that can include a headache, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. If you're used to having caffeine in later in the day, um, and then you stop, yeah, you are, you probably want to wean yourself off slowly. Yes. Um, but yeah, what caffeine does is it's really, it blocks though. I don't want to get too technical because I'm, I don't, I don't know this off the top of my head on a super technical level, but it blocks the receptors that, um, notice when we have adenosine 
in our system. And adenosine is what builds up as we are awake. So it builds our sleep pressure throughout the day. And so basically our brain doesn't realize that that pressure is building, even though it still is building, our brain doesn't realize it because caffeine blocks that. Um, So it just makes it, you know, for us as adults, we need that sleep pressure plus our circadian rhythm to help us fall asleep at night. And so if it's half of that is blocked, um, that's just going to make it harder to fall asleep. So definitely watch that if you're struggling. Um, the other thing I would say is watch out for naps. Um, now I would say during the newborn phase, when your sleep is very, very broken, and that's just the way it's going to be for a while, naps are your friend. But once you start getting longer stretches, cause your child is giving you longer stretches, naps can really start to work against you. And it's kind of not exactly, but kind of the same idea as, caffeine, where when you take a nap, you're wiping out that sleep pressure from the day. And then you just have one more thing working against you at bedtime. So naps are helpful when you're literally getting like one or two hour chunks every single night, then yes, feel free to nap, take naps. You're in survival mode. But once your child starts giving you longer stretches, then it it can become more of a problem. Yes. And just to like add to that, I know that, you know, the typical like sleep when your baby is sleeping <laughs> and all of that garbage that you hear when you have a newborn. Um, I would just say to that, if you have to do laundry, you have to do laundry. If you feel like you need a nap, then do that. Just remember that your worth is not correlated with how productive you are. Mm-hmm. Really just look to be the most present mom or dad that you can be, um, and kind of measure your worth towards how present you can be in the moments. Um, and so if that requires you doing laundry or dishes, then do that. Or if that requires you taking a nap, take a nap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back into what we were saying earlier, like keeping a human being alive in and of itself is a full-time job. So don't feel like it should be all on you to do that full-time job plus manage the whole house all by yourself. You know, you shouldn't have to take that huge burden on, especially if it feels like a huge burden. You know, if you like it and you enjoy it and it fills you up, great. But if it's a huge burden, um, then, then, you know, that's where communicating with your partner is really key. Absolutely. Next one. We've got three more, three more tips. Um, Next one I want to talk about if you're room sharing, that can sometimes be more disruptive to your sleep. That doesn't mean that you have to stop room sharing. If you're, if that's important to you, you can continue to room share. But one thing I see is that as the child gets older, that they may still be right next to your side of the bed. And if you have room to move them further, maybe in a corner of the room, depending on room size, maybe to the other side of the bed where your partner is, if they're less disturbed, um, doing that, maybe you trade, maybe you trade nights and sides of who sleeps next to right next to the baby and you trade off. If you have a walk-in closet or a bathroom attached, it's okay to put the bassinet or the crib in there or the pack and play in there. If you can fit it. I know some people feel weird about that. That's totally okay. And to have a little more space and separation that can really help your sleep. And and sometimes the child sleep too. Yeah, we did. We put Imery in the walk-in closet. Mm, 
when mm-hmm. we first had him um, and our previous home. And I didn't feel bad about it. It's dark in there yeah. for one. And yeah. Two, Cause most closets don't have any windows that you have to worry yeah. about covering. Yeah. So it was dark in there and it helped me sleep, which was incredibly important. So yeah. Permission yeah. to be weird and put your kid's bassinet in a weird place. Yes. Always have permission for that. Another thing is, um, you know, consider looking into a magnesium supplement. Um, those can be helpful. And I would, I would probably make a case more for trying magnesium before trying melatonin. Um, just because magnesium can really help more with the calming, relaxing, getting ready for sleep. Whereas melatonin, melatonin is helpful for that initial falling asleep, but it's not necessarily going to be helpful for staying asleep. And so if you're someone who maybe you fall asleep, okay, but then you're up a lot, you know, anxious, um, magnesium may just be a better option. So look into it, you know, talk to your pediatrician, do some research. I'm not going to recommend any specific kind, but, um, do, do some research and look into that as an option. And I, I don't have any right now, but I normally take magnesium at night because of the sleep. Um, I've done a lot of research. I've listened to a lot of podcasts and I won't give any names, but there are certain ones that I like way more than others because they're more natural, like true, just magnesium with no fillers, that type of thing. Um, And so definitely do your research on obviously what you're putting into your body, talk to your doctor, all of that stuff. But it did really, really help me stay asleep because I am a lay sleeper. Mm -hmm. Um, And it gave me really weird dreams, (laughs) which was really (laughs) weird. But so be aware of that. Um, (laughs) Were they like scary dreams or just weird dreams? They were just like weird. (laughs) They were just weird. Um, So possibly be ready for that. But it did give me, it gives me really great sleep when it does. And it's one of those things where like, if you don't take it, you're not like your sleep isn't messed up. Mm-hmm. If you don't take it, you know, um, mm-hmm. and so your body doesn't become reliant on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you, I'm glad you shared that. Cause I don't have any personal experience with it. So that's, that's good to hear your side of it. Okay. And this kind of goes, goes into this. And I think you mentioned this already, Kayla, but having like, it could be a note app in your phone, but since we're maybe trying to avoid our phones, if we're struggling with sleep, a notepad or a piece of paper or a post-it note where before bed, it's like a brain dump, everything in your head that's rattling around. Like, I got to do this. I can't forget this. I got to do this. Just jot it down. And then, you know, that you're not going to forget it. It's written down. You know, we're kind of just taking all those things out um, to help you relax and settle into sleep more. I love that, that you do that, Kayla. That's, that's cool. I like that. Usually for me, what that looks like, not so much getting things down, but I will look at my calendar, like, okay, this is what I have going on all day tomorrow. These are all the things. And then I can, I can stop thinking about tomorrow and just go to sleep. Yeah. For sure. So those are our 10, 10 sleep tips for mom. Again, I, I know I've said this a couple times. I can't say it enough. If you're not struggling, then, you know, don't feel like you need to change things. But yeah. if you are struggling, hopefully these can help you just kind of get sleep for yourself back on track. 
All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in. And again, this is our last episode of this season. We are taking the summer off, so we'll see you sometime in the fall. Um, But the best way that you can support our show in the meantime is to take a screenshot of this episode right now as you're listening, share it with your friends if it was helpful. And we hope you have a great week and a great summer. Bye, guys.